Hi, and welcome to the 26th episode of Desert Island Punks. I'm Jake and I play in punk rock band Sunliner, and this is my podcast where I interview friends of mine and people I admire in the punk rock scene. I ask them what five albums, book and luxury item they would take with them if they were stranded on a desert island, and we talk about how those choices have influenced who they are today. In this episode, I'm joined by Darko guitarist, Lockjaw Records head honcho, and good friend Rob Piper. We talk about jazz, tapping on guitar, metal music, and we really get in deep on that Nickelback question at the end. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to support the podcast, I have a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Desert Island Punks, or just tell your friends or rate us on your podcast app of choice, whatever you fancy. Uh, thanks for listening and enjoy. Three, four. Ah, oh, four. Why three? Hey. I don't know why I'm three. <laughs> uh, you are, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, uh, how are you doing anyway, dude? Yeah, good, good. Um, yeah. Enjoying How's... this beer at this time of day. This time, it's beer time, is it? It is beer time, definitely. Yeah. What are you drinking? Um, actually, it's a Brewdog Punk IPA because it's great. It's a modern classic, and it's very easily um, purchasable from every store around the area. Um, and I've been slightly more unorganised and haven't ordered online yet. But yeah, so you haven't got shares in Brewdog, then? Is that what's going down? Uh, no, I wouldn't be doing that. Um, but yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, I've got through all my Sunliner beers, and they were extremely tasty. So I'm waiting for the second second batch. Yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of got they all went to be honest. I like you know like you kind of you, you want them to sell well and then like the minute they do you're like damn. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we'll just get the whole uh, what do you call it the whole barrel for ourselves and then yeah. do a we got like a, we got like a mini keg of it which is pretty cool. Oh sweet. Um, yeah, but I mean like again that's another sort of thing where you get it and you just suddenly like all right, well I suppose I'm drinking all the time now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Uh yeah, the more beers in the fridge, the more often you can have beer. It's great. <laughs> good times, good times. Right, uh, so I'll get up before we get going. Uh, Rob, thank you for being on uh, Desert Island Punks. Cool, well, thanks for having me. It's good to know. Uh, uh, Rob of, uh, I don't know which one to put first. Maybe, I, I kind of know, knew you as Rob of Darko first before Lockjaw. Uh, yep. Would you say Darko is your sort of main venture or would you say Lockjaw is now? Uh, well, <laughs> currently, at the at current climate, so I don't think, <clears throat> yeah, we haven't done much Darko stuff in a while, but uh, it's definitely one of my top passions. It's, nothing can beat like, creating music in a uh, in a band for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're probably on par with each other, I would say. Yeah? Yeah. I, I think, like, uh, you guys always seem pretty busy, Um and just like, like especially, especially like on the mainland. That's why they seem to have like loads of. Yeah, kind of, yeah. We're trying, we're trying to keep it busy. Like <clears throat> when we first got out on tour, I think then it was one of these things where each year we'd be like, right, we need to do a tour, but we also need to get to a one extra country every year, and that's kind of like the goal. So if we go on a tour, we'll just have to drive that extra bit further, or tr- somehow like wangle our way. Yeah. Uh, we never like we never really did that, but like I the one time that I remember, is we we did like this like infamous tour where we broke down in France, 
Uh, but we didn't have any. Um, we didn't have any breakdown cover because brilliant. You know we were yeah. skin. And, yeah, yeah. You know, you know that was extra money, uh, and it was it was a fucking nightmare. But like, what really like got me on that tour was that we were meant to have gone to like Croatia, and I was just like, at least we broke down like two hours south of, you know, Calais, yeah, <laughs> rather yeah. than breaking down <laughs> fucking like split or something and just being like well i have no idea how to take anything back home now yeah definitely uh yeah i don't think we've we've never had oh actually saying that we did have a breakdown on halfway through a tour we were in italy um and the suspension coil at the back of the van we were trying to get we it was like a 30 30 day tour so we had the bedding and like sleeping stuff for 30 days we had enough merch for like 30 odd shows Everything just seemed heavier. So <clears throat> going up the steep hill in Italy and the suspension coil just snapped and fell out the van. Um, <laughs> and then we were just like, oh, shit, we can't drive anywhere. So we, um, uh, yeah, we ended up taking that to a garage, finding this guy who was, play- he played in an Italian hardcore band who supported Avail. Uh, All right. you know, uh, and he, basically that was his story. He was like, oh, yeah, man, I totally understand. He was just like, leave it with me. So, and then he phoned his um, father-in-law who had a van, who was, like, um, a marionette maker. So there's, like, this guy with, like, all these marionettes, like Geppetto and Pinocchio. <laughs> Surre- absolutely surreal. <clears throat> and then, yeah, we rented his van, but it only had three seats and there were six of us. So we had, like, a trestle table where two people had to sleep in sleeping bags and just lie in the back. And this was Italy in midsummer. so... Oh, man. We've done tours like that where it's, like... Well, last last year for Punk Rock Holiday, we did that tour in our van. I mean, I assume your van's probably the same. Most punk rock vans are. Like, but um doesn't have any air con. Yeah. You know, just has the sort of, the fan blowers. So it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. stuck in Slovenia <laughs> in August, it's just so warm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That was a good time. Gonna miss you were there, actually, weren't you, last yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was briefly there. That was the kind of... I was there for a day. I think it was the same day as you guys. Yeah, I think think so, because we bumped into each other. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing you. But yeah, I came came with much the same. So it was like in, played, slept, drove away again. I think we did... Yeah, it was like sandwiched between two, ten, ten or whatever hour drives, which was awesome. Um, But yeah, it was nice to actually be there again, because I do love Punk Rock Holiday. Yeah, it's so good. It's hard to like, pick another. It's festival. one of those things that everyone talks about, like being good, and you're like, oh, "I'm sure it's fine." Yeah. And then, like, and then you get the no, <laughs> yeah, everyone was right. <laughs> yeah, just like the holiday and the festival together, were just like you just feel like you're in this kind of tropical paradise rather than Europeans. Yeah, I think also because it's like five days in the middle of the week as well, it makes oh, yeah. it feel more like an actual <clears throat> holiday as well. Yeah, definitely. Just takes a lot longer to recover than most other things as, as well, yeah so. <laughs> it's like there's like, like middle of the uh middle of like sort of like wednesday thursday when everyone's just like really struggling <laughs> yeah yeah uh, definitely um <clears throat> i think yeah two years i've been i didn't make it friday i would just sleep, slept the whole of friday or at least one of them was half a day and one of them was a whole day like i went to sleep on the thursday and i just didn't get out of my tent for the whole of friday because <laughs> i just peaked and it's like that's it yeah <laughs> no more there festival. Was, there was uh, one year, uh, what one day last year where I just read my book all day. And it was like just like a proper holiday, you know. Mm. It's like stuck around by the tent and 
maybe went into the war and just read my book all day. It Sounds was, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. So um, how did you find picking your choices? Uh, extremely hard, but I, to be honest, we've spoken about this for a while, so <clears throat> my mind has wandered in and out of the concept of this <laughs> since I last... Yeah. I guess it was when I saw you in... Manchester when you did the interview with Sarah and we were talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about <clears throat> we were talking about doing one um but yeah I'd I wanted it to yeah it's, yeah it's difficult because I like as I suppose a lot of people like quite a wide variety of music and I wanted to kind of get a little bit of everything in there <clears throat> especially mm. as if that's all I've got to listen to on this island so. <laughs> yeah which unfortunately that is the case yeah so, so, so soz so yeah, number. How do you do this then? Number one. Or yeah, do you just introduce it. Whatever or? you want to do is number one. It's not big. It's no biggie. <clears throat> uh, I've just kind of done it in um, date order. So I've number one. I've got Dave Brubeck. Time out. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so this is like a really special album to me because I have recollections of listening to it because my dad had it or on uh, CD. <clears throat> Must have had it on vinyl as well, but yeah, uh, we listened to it on CD because those were the time when compact disc was like super futuristic, and we were like, "Whoa, let's <laughs> But um, <clears throat> compact disc as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I start so when I was at uh, school, I picked up the saxophone and started playing that, and I couldn't play anything on it, but I was listening to it, and I was just like really, really into it. And the story behind the album is it's meant to be like one of the first pop albums to use odd time signatures. Mm -hmm. um, so it's got that really f famous track "Take Five on it, and that everybody will know. Take yeah. five, was, like yeah, that's uh, that's how I know Dave Brubeck essentially. Is yeah, yeah. So that was like <clears throat> huge. Um, and although it's like you know when the, these tracks where you get like overplayed and you hear them, and I'm sure that a lot of people feel that with Take Five, um, but I don't know. There's just some magic in it, which I can. I was just like. You you can't overplay it. Um, yeah, it is really good. I like regularly still get that song stuck in my head. I think uh, actually, like weird side note, is there's a version of it. Is it the? It's not the Dave Brubeck version because his is instrumental, isn't it? But there's a version of it with lyrics. Oh yes, I can't remember. There's a couple of people. What is this? Is it? I don't. Yeah, I'd, oh, I think it's not. Oh, it's like a. Kent? Oh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's quite famous. But yeah, anyway, I remember I so I had at one point in time had uh, when I was at uni, we had to have lessons and um, like like uh, uh, instrument lessons, right. of course. And instead of going like guitar, because as much as I am a guitar player, I'm definitely somebody who is a songwriter rather than a guitar player. So I chose singing lessons. Cool. And she made us do take five. Um, and I was like, oh, it was enjoyable. But I do remember going like, these lyrics are shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're not like, obviously not meant to be for any of this. I was like, those that we had to do, and I vividly remember doing it now, and I take it all back with, uh, uh, is that uh, we did um, Your Song by Elton John as well. And I remember going like, this is rubbish. <laughs> and like now, like I love that song. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, as like a sort of, fresh-faced 20-year-old, I was like, this is bullshit. Yeah, I do remember that. I what was it doing my A-levels and we had to study uh, pet sounds um, and 
I was, I, yeah, I mean, this is going to come up a bit late, but I was, like, really into my Mastodon and death metal then. I was just like, pet sounds? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, this is <laughs> shit. And then I was just like, oh, I was just like, that part of my life, I was just so militant about if if it was metal. <clears throat> and, like, it was past what we were speaking about, like, the like, debut, but I guess that doesn't have any vocals. But even if a vocal had a melody, somebody would, like, play me, like, a more melodic like punk or uh, melodic metal band at the time and I'd be like no way no way it needs to be this <laughs> oh dude I remember that so hard and like actually like uh, like uh, I remember coming back from a Mastodon gig not so long ago like maybe like four years ago or something and uh, it was just after their not the album that just came out but the one that came out beforehand that had the song High Road on it right um, and I remember coming back and I went by myself because nobody else was interested um, because like I kind of like I still hold on to like a lot of those sort of like yeah, the yeah. occasional metal band. That's good. Um, and like I came back on the train and I got speaking to somebody on the train. They were like, "Oh, have you been to the Bastogi?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." It's like, "Oh, what do you think of the new record?" And I was like, oh, "I really like it, to be honest." And they were like, oh, "What do you think of the new song?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "What? What about the chorus?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I think it's kind of I think it's quite a good chorus. And they were like, "Bit poppy though, isn't it?" <laughs> Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> Just yeah. like, fucking get a grip. <laughs> as soon as something's got a melody, like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it, can you hum along? No deal. No deal. <laughs> yeah, that was totally, that was totally that, those couple of years. <clears throat> but then, yeah, some, some, there was definitely albums that defied the rule, but I, that had nostalgia, and I would just listen, or like, I think, random stuff like a Jack Johnson album, I'd be like, yeah, this is good, but like, this or Necrophagist. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nothing in between. <laughs> Two go hand in hand in yeah, a great yeah. like split record. I just didn't want to accept that I liked yeah things for different moods, but at the time, at the, at the face of it, it was only death metal. But almost then, so like, so was Dave Brubeck like something that? So that was quite early on. Then was it? Like, yeah, it was. Um, it was really. Yeah, before I. Yeah, I was starting to play sax, and that's the, that's the first time I remember it. And I think it like it just kept coming back. And then when I started playing sax, I learned take five <clears throat> very basically. Um, and then when I and then I taught myself guitar when got into like punk and stuff like that. And then decided to take music further, and then brought back all the kind of jazz from when I was really younger all that, and <clears throat> started learning the Dave Brubeck songs. Like, uh, Blue Rondo a la Turk is sick and it's like seven. And, and this, oh yeah, when I was into metal and stuff, I love, I really connected to everything like with crazy time signatures and the yeah. progressions and stuff. And I feel like it's almost like if you, if you kind of amped up that um, Dave Brubeck stuff and put it through distortion and that would be pretty sick. I always thought that... Death, yeah. death Brubeck. I actually, like, I kind of think that, like, that, you, that you're saying, like, because they kind of almost go... They're almost like parallel roads, in a way. And I think that even, like... Sounds wanky as shit, but, like, do you know what I mean? Like, they could be really comparable. And they, even when it comes to, like, things like fan base and, yeah. like... And the musicians, you know, like, so that, like... You know, it's like, they're both, like, you know, quite elitist... I absolutely and that's what I was thinking when I was just like making my choices for today and I was just like and where this is like Desert Island Punks so I was just like are my choices really wanky <laughs> maybe they <laughs> no, are no, maybe I, 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 cool, I love um, the, like 
when people are really diverse with their choices because it could just be a bit... But I do, I do like wanky music and I do like poppy music and I do like the in-between and I think, yeah, it took me a couple I'm going to just hours. get that sound bite of you just going like, I do like wanky music. Yeah, fuck <laughs> it, I do repeat. like... And as a musician, it's like if, you, if you've kind of spent time learning to play an instrument, like the, striving to get to that wanky state, knowing that it's not always cool for everybody, all the time, but I don't know. I just love it. I mean, I think it's. I think like personally, I think like. I think I think some people are like, ah, oh, solos suck, and I'm like, no, they don't. They just they are something that doesn't need to be all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that. It's like people don't seem to realize that. Like I, I remember watching that Metallica documentary. Yeah, like some kind of monster. Oh yeah. <laughs> And he's just like, and there is it Kirk Hammett that's just on it, and he's just like so upset that there's no solos, and he's just like, yeah. but we're like we're Metallica, you know, we have to have a solo, and it's just like you can have one song without a fucking solo in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <clears throat> but I think that's like a, 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 yeah, it seems like a human trait that you see. Like once people like doing something or see something shiny, then it just gets used until everybody's sick of it and then you have to stop it. So we're like, solos. <laughs> yeah. Then the 80s happened. Then you're like, no solos. <laughs> or like, <laughs> guitar music. I always find just like, guitar music or rock bands is just like, until people get sick of it, then you're going to, then they leave again. And then, <clears throat> then you get electronic music until people are sick of it and then they have to bring it rather than just, I don't know, maybe. I suppose that's fads, isn't it? Yeah, kind of all, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah. So uh, Dave Brubeck, loads of great songs. Uh, you can play them with distortion on guitar. Time out, fantastic album. I've got it framed Bang. on my wall. I'll never forget it. It's cool, like kind of impressionist. I don't know, made like contemporary painty artwork. It's lovely. Wanky cover as well. Yeah, eh? it's a wanky cover. Fucking brilliant. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> cool. Do we do number two? Yeah, number two. Okay. Now this is this is a really difficult one, and I'm going to go for <clears throat> Rise Against Revolutions per minute. Okay, cool. Um, purely because I feel like there were a lot of albums at that time when I was just like, "Whoa, punk rock is fucking awesome," and I really like the vibe and everything into it. But I feel like RPM was the one <clears throat> at the time. It was so I was into Scar before. Um, and and that's how I kind of like my entrance in it to maybe a lot of people like getting was that, into that was that because of the sax? Ah, mm, uh, it was because the guys in the uh, well, scar music. His guys in the old like in the year above me. So yes, it was because I could play sax in their scar band. Right, <clears> and okay. a couple of older guys were like, "Hey, do you want to play sax in the in the uh, scar band?" And then I did that for a bit. Then the, the the drummer left, so the guitarist went to drums, and then they, there was a guitarist uh, slot available, so I played guitar, <clears throat> and then we. It's start... like going up. It's like going up the fucking. <laughs> yeah, chain. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should have stayed with sax. I imagine how good I was at sax. No, but, um, uh, yeah, and then I, would, I I loved playing guitar on it, and it was really fun. And we did like Voodoo Glow Skulls covers and beer and Take on Me. I think like classic Scar covers um and uh we went to see mad caddies uh at 
oh, I don't know, Astoria or Brixton, one of those yeah. venues. <clears throat> and uh, Rise Against, it was Rise Against Lawrence Arms and Mad Caddies. Fuck. Um, That's so weird now because it'd be like the, the, the lineup now would probably be like the other way around. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Completely reversed. <clears throat> yeah, it is crazy. Um, but so I was there, like, ready to get my skank on, and then Rise Against started, and it was a. Uh, um, this was the unraveling, and they were playing, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" And then, the, then people started doing circle pits, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what what is happening? Like, people are getting well aggro to this music." <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought we came here to dance and then listen to some <laughs> sweet, sweet reggae vibes with my caddies. <clears throat> um, but I got really, got really into it, and then went home and listened to them, and then RPM. <clears throat> May yeah, RPM came out. They had a single from RPM out, and I just remember yeah for like a good few years that was bit that was my top album. Just loved how Tim's voice would just like break up, and it was everything was political, and I don't know, it was just right place, right time for me. Sure, I know <clears> a lot <throat> of people that that was like one of the kind of intro into sort of uh, like punk rock or like even like kind of like hardcore punk or whatever. That seemed to be like their sort of gateway album into it. Yeah. Uh, which I think is kind of like not strange, um, because it was. But what I find weird now is that like if you look at like punk rock playlists or people talk about punk rock bands, they rarely mention Rise Against now. They kinda of, like transcended into like like not I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing, but they like trans tran- transcended into like mainstream audience now. And so it's like you, people hear like I never hear people mention Rise Against now in no. like our little kind of closed scene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Last time I saw them it was a stadium. It was a stadium rock concert esque uh, with yeah. all the screens and flames and smoke machines and stuff, which is cool. But yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. I don't feel the same. It, as I said, it was the right place, right time, and <clears throat> around the time. I mean, I guess because that was a new album, and I was listening to. Or I was getting into strung out and no effects and sure. everything like that. And I guess, but yeah, there's something about Rise Against for just like, well, obviously the fact that they've done so well, they the, the songs were fantastic and it was just that right level of capturing people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. They've done really well from it. Um, the, um, was it, was that the Mad Caddies tour? Cause I don't really know much about Mad Caddies, but the one album that I did buy, was the one that was like kind of piratey for some reason? I don't know why. You Rock one. the plank. It was the one yeah. after that. So there's the Mad Caddies tour uh, with the album Drinking for Oh Just One More. Is it? Oh, I don't it's know. got it's got like a blue cover with a pub on the front. It's got oh, drinking, okay. So, yeah, because I got the album before that, and that has got like one song on it that I fucking really like. I don't think they ever play it because it's like it's like a punk song, and then all the other songs are kind of like poppy. Are they, yeah, like, yeah pirate stuff. songs. <clears throat> Mad yeah. Caddies are fantastic. They're like they're definitely like one of these ska bands that I would never grow out of. I don't. There's something about them which is like maybe there's some stuff which is a bit I don't know, not timeless. But there's there's quite a few songs like seeing them. It was the last year when they were doing the tour again. They've been yeah, they were, they were touring last year. Yeah, because um, they just released like a like a reggae. Covers album, album. yeah, yeah, and that's just great. It's like when you when it starts getting hot, you can put on Mad Caddies, and it's it's great because you get that you get the punk vibes, and you get this car. I don't know, there's something. They saw the um, I saw them do an acoustic set on Punk Rock Holiday last year. You know, like really, like really stripped back with tiny, tiny, uh, like proper like practice room speakers. Do you know what I mean? Like PA was that American socks? 
Yeah, yeah, it was that one, yeah. And it was fucking well good. And, like, everyone... It was, like, one of those moments is, like... You know when people get, like, kind of snotty about certain genres or whatever? Yeah. And then, like, you go to, like, that sort of gig and it's, like, everyone's having, like, the best time. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. in such a good mood. Ah, definitely. Like, yeah, that's it. Do you like it? This is ending up like a uh, punk rock colony pr- promotional there. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, yeah. <laughs> we should, yeah, um, tag them in yeah, later like... <laughs> Uh, cool. Should we go on to number three? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So we kind of like touched upon when then then I got into death metal and stuff. But I think yeah, one I'd picked here is uh, Mastodon Leviathan. Cool. Um, purely because I think yeah, I just really got into it. The fact that I used to jam <laughs> or hash through it. Um, in my mate's garage all the way through from start to finish. Um, the whole album? Yeah. So I'd play oh. guitar and he'd play drums and then we'd be like, yeah, chill out, climb trees, uh, and then uh, go to college. Oh, yeah we, yeah, we went to college sometimes and then go to college and then uh, play play through Mastodon Leviathan. I can't remember how long it took, but I was just like, fuck. I don't think I could learn that album all the way through. No, I, mean, no I don't think I could learn like, even like simple albums. I just, I, it's, I just, yeah, I get it bored. somehow. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't have a band per se back then. We were like, oh, we kind of had a jam metal band, which we had like maybe three songs. So we weren't really <clears throat> songwriting and performing, but we were just like, yeah, serious covers of one album all the way that through. Is, well, that's like intense. <clears throat> and like, uh, I mean, I, just can't, I can't speak for your guitar technique back then, but I mean, they are like, uh, incred- incredible band like mus- musically like and like things that, if you look at like Blood and Thunder like in theory that's a simple riff but like to get it actually sounding tight yeah good, it's hard it's, it's hard. really hard yeah it's one uh, yeah it's one of the hard things is, yeah you just think because you're just playing those power chords and sliding up and down it's actually but once you start trying to play it along and uh, yeah I mean at the time we were playing it from start to finish I, <laughs> I don't have a recording and I'm glad that I don't have a recording but it was fun um, but that's the sort of thing, like, when I was playing that, I was just like, well, guitar, I really loved guitar playing. And I was really lucky to have, like, a couple of mates, younger and older, who who were sick heads as well. Just, like, they're really talented musicians who you would see playing, you'd be like, shit, I need to go home and actually practice to play these Learn, songs. So, yeah. um, I specifically remember going, seeing somebody do, like, tapping. And it, like, <laughs> yeah. it, like, went all over the school, you know? It's the sort of thing where it's like, suddenly there was, like... A four-month period where every guitarist was like yeah. was tapping, <laughs> <laughs> which Bad. I think is fucking absolutely amazing. Because now, like, when was the last time you saw somebody tapping for more than like, oh. yeah, even yeah, even like like kind of like that sort of style bands? They only they only do it for like a minute, and that's it. You know, like a moment, and then it's yeah, yeah. moved on. I was yeah, it's, that's, I do love a bit of tapping. I think we yeah, yeah, with with some of the Darko stuff, I think we had to like purposely say you gotta stop tapping for a bit. But <laughs> it's only, really? but again, this is kinda of like <clears throat> um another choice is gonna bring that up again, but uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, and is overkill of something, but yeah, putting it in occasionally, maybe it doesn't need to be there at all, but damn it's fun. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think it's a lot a lot of the time though. In a weird way, a bit like jazz, so like some of it's for the guitarist. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, for sure. Loads of it is like half yeah. the stuff I write on guitar is just like this is enjoyable, and then like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I somebody think, else. I is think listening. like you were saying, um, you were saying with like a lot of your choices weren't like locked into punk or whatever. But I think you know, like 
Mastodon's not crazy far away from hardcore punk. No, no, that's tr- that's true, um, <clears throat> for sure. Um, but I think yeah, it was all sort of kind of these are yeah, it, is, it came out. But it, funnily enough, I joined the period I was listening as well. I wasn't listening to much hardcore. I but past Rise Against, I was never into like the New York hardcore or anything like that. Yeah. Um, or like say Comeback Kid. Um, it just went, it kind of jumped from Rise Against and Strung Out and maybe a bit Good Riddance was probably the furthest of like classic 80s hardcore uh, mm. and then <clears throat> jumped straight into uh, metal. But so then afterwards um, <clears throat> got a bit into Strung Out uh, more because they, they that's their vibe, it's like that metal punk. It's kind of like thrash, isn't it? Like Yeah, yeah. Of, like that sort of like <clears throat> hardcore style. Yeah. Uh. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what the order of that. Number four. Oh, yeah, going for a twist and turn again. Um, <clears throat> number four is, uh, yeah, so uh, I've chosen Courtney Pine Underground um, mm-hmm. because it's like, I fucking love that album. It's so good. And uh, we've had Leviathan and Rise Against and Dave Bubeck's pretty chill, but Courtney Pine's like, so... Uh, when I got back into sax playing, so I was playing a lot of guitar and then realised that I just, like, put the sax down as soon as I found a guitar. As I say, I still have this saxophone. I should probably learn to play it again because I was starting to want to become a musician rather than just a player in a band. And just like, this would yeah. be cool cool to play. So I taught myself some stuff again. And <clears throat> this was another really old record that uh, my dad had on CD and I used to always nick and put it on. And I really love it because it was, like... I think it's 97. Um, I must have listened to it later than that, but it's released in 97. He was putting jazz to hip-hop beats. Um, that's pretty, like... Uh, I don't know, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's not something that I don't think... I don't think that was happening very much. Like I know. feel like at the time, some... I mean, like, if, yeah, if there's a listener who knows more <clears throat> than the history of this, then... But, yeah, it was... Is taking the yeah the, the those hip hop beats and just yeah p- putting the jazz over it. So it's making making the jazz more contemporary and fitting with the times uh, that were happening. Like, um, <clears throat> uh, and I just think it's cool and it's like yeah, it's fairly fairly poppy melodies, but like then he just rips some sick jazz solos over it um, <laughs> and then go back into. I think it. that's. I mean, that is kind of cool. I think because especially because jazz is so like. A traditionalist, yeah, uh, in a way, uh, which I, I always thought was kind of strange because it is so true, you know, it's like jazz standards and all this sort of stuff. But yeah, the sort of like the crux of jazz, or like the a lot of behind jazz is like experimenting, yeah, and like yeah. improvising. Yeah. So I always thought it was kind of strange that they're quite well, you know, like the sort of jazz community is quite particular about what is and isn't jazz, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think, yeah, this was it, just yeah, it was just really nice and it's super, super good for background noise, but you can just appreciate some sick stuff in it as well so I, d- I just really like it um if you get a chance to listen to it corny pine underground yeah so was your like uh your parents were they into jazz and quite a lot uh my mum's like a really big beatles fan i think she like grew up in beatles mania and so she was just like oh cool i as far as i know but yeah that that was like a passion just that at the right right age um just like into that and cat stevens and um Nice, like, kind of melodic pop stuff. Um, but my dad was more into the... Uh, is more into jazz and stuff, and he kind of would be playing things that prick my ears up and just go, oh, OK, so, it's a bit different. Sorry, did, did you say that he... Does he 
play sax or oh sorry he's into it so he's a listener i mean like he so essentially he bought a sax so he could teach himself it which is why it was in the house um but then he didn't have enough time or and yeah he was like busy uh, busy with work or i think i probably picked up and started playing and he was like okay fine you, you <laughs> in my head you like you picked it up and we just like yeah trust me if you i mean like you can ask my housemates does it sound like that even after like what 15 years you still have the <laughs> <laughs> so, what's that screeching um <clears throat> But yeah, so he he was yeah really avid music listener. So I think that's what was really inspiring to um, <clears throat> want to play loads of different things as well. Not yeah. not really so much. I mean, maybe beforehand, but growing up, not so much the kind of like rock. So I didn't grow up with like Led Zeppelin or such rock bands that some people like. It took me like getting into guitar. So I was kind of like getting into punk music to play no playing guitar when I get into punk music then to be in a band that was the whole point of playing guitar was to be in a band so I could be in the punk band yeah um uh be in the ska band uh and then when I started playing guitar I was just like what's guitar music oh right there's these all these rock bands but I hadn't really got yeah. I got into them like Pink Floyd Led Zeppelin you know, Dire Straits all these classic rock bands that for years growing up until I was like my mid until I picked up a guitar like 15 I then discovered, and then yeah, and now you know, like um, this is a bit of a tangent, uh, but I actually think kind of uh, Dire Straits get like a bit of a like they're a really good band that kind of get like kind of forgotten about a little bit in that sort of like guitar music sort of you know like you get like Led Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath, kind of yeah like Pink Floyd that sort of stuff, and I think that people often forget about Dire Straits. Yeah. The, mm. Maybe I think because they're the heavier, there's the heavier bands and there's the country rock bands. Yeah, and but Dire kind of Straits kind of fit in the country rock, like um, <clears throat> Fleetwood Mac type thing as well. So, but I mean, from a point of view, where it was like there's a couple of years where I was buying like every guitar magazine, uh, yeah, every guitar magazine that I could just to <clears throat> absorb. I would say Dire Straits did come up a fair amount. Yeah, but I suppose. I mean, I don't know. It's just that nobody I ever speak to is, like, ever bringing them up. And, like, I'm not, I wouldn't class myself as, like, a huge Dire Straits fan or anything. But, like, uh, if you like, you know, like, Money for Nothing, that riff is fucking killer. Do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. It's just, like, it's one of those things, like, it's one of those riffs that you hear and you're like, I couldn't even imagine how to play that on guitar. Like, whereas, like, sometimes like, you listen to a riff or something and you're just like, I can literally visualise how that riff out yeah yeah and but maybe that's why they aren't so popular with that kind of like i don't know less so with it more rock community because you listen to it and you're like well i don't know because it's all kind of i guess more fingers yeah so like it's all finger country and more acoustic side so if people like into the heavier stuff then you're more likely to come across those riffs in in led zepp or black sabbath and stuff like that yeah. I don't know. Maybe it still just like gets me. Like even when you played guitar for a couple of years, and then you just play, and you're like, how the, how did he even think of doing that? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, like, I just fucking finger picking is just uh, <laughs> it's just a whole new world to me. Do you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I would love to be good at it, but I am just not, and I'm not sure I have the patience to sort of get good. I think that's what it is. It's the patience and sitting there for sitting there for hours and also having breaks and not 
completely obliterating your uh, fingers from doing <laughs> re- yeah. repeti- uh, repetitive strain for too long. But I just got myself a thumb pick actually on the subject. So. Oh, cool. That and then doing a little bit of thumb picking with that. You're gonna do That's some, is it yeah, on banjo? It's like claw hammer. Is it claw hammer? Uh, yeah, I did get the other claw bits as well, but then I just literally just they're collecting dust over there. <laughs> I got a whole pack. I was just like, if I'm gonna get a thumb pick from Amazon. That's like a quid. I'll probably get some worthwhile, but then, yeah, no, I'm not, not getting over those. I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe check back in a couple of weeks and I'll let you know how the uh, how the finger picks again. So, um, yeah, five. Five. Um, so, yeah, five is um, sixth, The Trees Are Dead and Dying, Tapping. Yeah, that's Craziness. like the sort of, man, that, that album did like, was like uh, when it came out, my friendship group that were into that sort of music, like, were just like blown away. You know, it was like never heard anything like it. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, now this is a weird one because at the time, uh, at the time it came out, I it just completely passed me by, um, which I I don't know why because are they I local just, to you? Yes, ish. So I I don't know where they're from. They're like London, aren't they? Or they yeah, I, think, I, I always thought they were from Guildford, but I mean, I, that might just be... I might just be making that Man, up. Man, I'm going to check that out. And then, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I wasn't at the gig because they kind of like were in the more like a, the emo emo hardcore scene. Um, yeah. At Watford. So every band's from Watford. <laughs> Crazy. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, at the time... Uh, yeah, I was. I was still. Like, I was going to the death metal gigs, and sl- I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't listen to it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> when I finally sat down and listened to it, then I was just like, Jesus, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then that album, I definitely can't play from back to finish. Like learning a riff was just like, whoa. Uh, but that's <clears throat> it's sort of things like bastardising those riffs and playing them really badly. There's so much influence of, like, sixth ideas um, <clears throat> uh, in in Darko, I guess. But it doesn't... I guess it doesn't really translate because it's nowhere near as tech. But anything like the hear tech or the time signatures is just because I was just, like, so obsessed with that. How in... Like how far down the rabbit hole they went. I was just like, even just a little bit is... Yeah, well, it was kind of... I think what was really surprising about them was that they just were like... One, all their all their songs were like just so many riffs. It was almost like... <clears throat> do you, you know, like, do you remember, uh, you know, the film Airplane? You know uh, how they had to, like, take out... I mean, I don't know if you know this, but they had to, like, take out jokes from that script because the, otherwise there was no like, story at all. There was, like, no plot at all. <laughs> So, like, it was just, like, they had to, like, get rid of some jokes. I feel like that's what Sick did with some of their songs. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like we have to have some... Em- we have to have some sort of, at least, like, a shadow of a structure here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. there's a hook or something. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, the, the guitar riffs just... That's the thing. The guitarists were eternal. They never looped. So yeah. when you like, you're just like, this is the guitar riff. And you're like, when you play... Yeah, when you're playing a song, you're like, right, verse, okay, cool. I've got the chord sequence, and then we're going to sing over it, and then we'll repeat that, change the vocals. They were like, we'll start this riff and then end the riff there. And then in between, 
we have to com- continually write the rivers. Yeah, it's just, I, I can, I mean, like, <clears throat> but still, it's, so, uh, it's just so <laughs> melodic. And I guess it's like, and then it's a nod to what, like, all those prog bands as well, um, <clears throat> the Rush stuff. And and then, yeah, the, the scene that came after just never was anywhere a touch on what they did, like, before, I think even they struggled after. with that, though, didn't they? Just yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, well, I mean, like, uh, Death is a Dead Day, the album afterwards, is incredible as well. But There's I guess a song the... off that, that I think is fucking banging, but I think that's because, like, I'm sucker for, like, a chorus or, like, a like a big hook, and I think they kind of, like... There's a, I can't remember what song it's off of it is, but there's, like, that. a really big hooky song on that album. E- I... Not on the first one, on the second one. Because mm. there's a hooky one... I can't remember. Oh, it's so, uh, it's so good. So good. And I don't, I don't know, it's one of those bands that I don't listen to all the time. I guess with most of these albums, <clears throat> I don't listen to much of them all the time anymore, but they've all, the reason I've chosen them is just to put it on again. And it's like, yep, it's this one. And then uh, like Flogging the Horses, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's just so weird as well. That's what's so good about it. It's like, like especially like um, the days are, uh, the trees are dead and dried out. Like that, it's just so strange, but yet still like weirdly yeah, the, coherent. <laughs> you got those kind of like intermediary tracks where there's piano interludes, but then into like spoken word crazy uh, stuff. If you want to know like uh, a weird, a weird uh, bit of trivia, so I, I grew up with um, Ren of Petrol Girls. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We, like lived really close to each other. And in her bedroom, which was like the messiest thing you've ever seen, like you in like, uh, like this is like in our teen years or whatever. There, honestly, it was like a foot worth of stuff on the floor <laughs> as you walked in. It was like, like I, I was never a particularly like clean teenager, but you know, yeah. like it's the sort of thing that like makes you go nuts. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like I feel anxious thinking about it now. But like she and she'd written over the walls, so like everyone that went in there wrote something on her walls. And if you were on her bed and you looked up, it had um, that spiel at the end of that wait, album. You wait know, that, for that's, something that, wild. That, um, spoken wordy yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> when will had, the forest speak? Yeah, it had that written above her bed. Wow. The whole thing. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, it also had like penises everywhere, but like, you know, there was that one moment of like coolness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that, yeah, that's what you get if you let anybody draw anywhere. <clears throat> you will get those uh, aubergines or whatever people draw now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is that is the five records. Those are five choices. Uh, what, so then, so I suppose now it's book time. Book. It's book time. Yeah, book. Um, so oh, I've just got basically the whole thing would be, I know you kind of briefly spoke, am I allowed a trilogy? I'll just pick the first one. Philip Pullman, Dark Materials trilogy. Um, it just had a massive resonance. And I don't know. Oh, man. I'm just going to have to go with the uh, Northern Lights, the first book. Okay, just cause cool. Because it sets it up. It's not, I don't know, without it, the others wouldn't exist. But maybe the third, maybe Amber Spyglass is epic. They're all good, and it's all one story, so fuck it. But I'll go with the first one if I had to choose it, because at least it introduces it. I've read the other books, so it's at least it's kind of like... Didn't he just release some new ones? Right? <clears throat> Two new ones. Oh, yeah. yeah, so the there's the trilogy that's come... Well, it's quite old now. 
um, <clears throat> and then he released one which uh, was a prequel to the trilogy. Yeah. Is the Book of Dust, and then he, um, <clears throat> and then even more recently, he's he did the Book of Dust two, which when you first start, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but you think more it's going to be more book. Yeah, you think it's <laughs> going to be following on from the Book of Dust, but then it's just. Well, basically, it's after the trilogy, mm-hmm. so it's like they sandwich in between. Oh, and yeah, those ones are really good as well. But <clears throat> kind of, I just love the protagonist, uh, Lyra, and then that <clears throat> also has some uh, real special meaning for me now um, because uh, my my niece is uh, just coming up to two years old. She's two in September, and uh, she's called Lyra. Um, named but, after the character. Yeah, but my, my, my sister, so my favourite books, um, <clears throat> or definitely, and then um, my sister phoned me and said, and I was like, oh, what do you think you're calling it? And she told me, and I was just like, shit, I nearly like, burst into tears. I was yeah, just like, yeah. wow, that's beautiful. Like, why? And she was like, oh, Dave, her partner really likes his books. And he was just like, Dave's a fucking legend as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, you should have called her Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that... Uh, I don't know now. Now that kind of like gives those books and those characters, and she's such a plucky character and just amazing. And uh, yeah, having that kind of awesome backstory <clears throat> and the name. Uh, now, obviously, my niece's name and seeing her grow up and just becoming a little person. Now she's kind of getting past the baby stage, and yeah, thank God um, for. Uh, uh, FaceTime and stuff like that because it is really nice to actually see because she lives down in Cornwall. Um, oh, so it's quite a way off then. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so easy social distancing, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so have you seen the adaptation? Uh, yeah, well, so, <laughs> yeah, coming to that, so the film I totally ignored, um, yeah, which is absolute turd because I saw bits of it and I was just like, after ignoring, just like, oh, hold on, no. Um, but uh, the series is really good. I think they've done, or yeah. they're doing a good job. I am, um, because I, I never really read the book, but, like, pretty much everyone that I know has read the book. And also, like, I'm, like I am, I would say, compared to most people, I'm, like, quite a big reader, compared yeah. to, like, my family. Right. Okay. Not at all. Like, okay. you know, so it's, like, uh, they are, like, obsessed. But I watch, I watched that, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. The only thing I... Th- think is a problem is that um what's the what's the big bear called uh Eric Berenson is it yeah yeah the person who voices him and I don't know who it is but it sounds like they 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 hired somebody who had a normal toned voice and he had to go hello Lyra oh yeah, yeah. me being the bear the entire time rather than just hiring somebody with a low voice and I just couldn't get over it that's like CBC. Hello, I'm a bear. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't get over every single time he spoke. I was just like, why didn't you hire somebody with a low voice? Uh, maybe that's like the scientific um, like discovery they found about the bears' gullets that their voice would actually sound like that. Yeah. So it wouldn't sound like a human with a low voice. Like it's actually proven. It <laughs> I think the worst part as well is when they're like, when you know, when there's like the, the fight with the other bear, yeah, and they've hired somebody with a low voice for that guy, so it just sounds <laughs> even more ridiculous. So actually, taking the piss out of it reminds me of. I mean, we just watched uh, Lord of the Rings, but it sounds like an ent. 
Oh, yeah, it totally does, yeah, yeah. Because they sound like, hello, I'm a person with a yeah. <laughs> voice. true. I had not thought about it before. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, maybe they're related. Yeah, so, like, you'd take, you'd take that book then, would you? Did, like, is, that, is that something you regularly reread? Or is it? Uh, not regularly, but I've enjoyed the the, the recent books. I've re- reread it a couple of... We read it a couple of times and listened to the audiobooks because, yeah. um, <clears throat> to be honest, I, I, I like stories and uh, before crazy lockdown periods, um, I just find that if I read, it was at night when I was just about to go to bed and I'd read, read yeah. two words and fall asleep, but mm-hmm. I would drive <clears throat> everywhere. So if I put an audiobook on, I could like get through loads of books. Yeah, so sure, yeah. I, say, I mean, oh, I yeah. know a lot of people that are into audiobooks, but I, because I cycle and i commute my, my commute's really short so i right. don't really i'm not really listening to many but like i don't know those people that are into them and it's like if you can't get you know if you don't have the time to read books it's just a, it's just as legitimate way as any other isn't it yeah like, yeah it's fantastic well yeah and the, but you do get into that people are like, oh yeah i read that and like, i totally didn't read that like i've said that i've read <laughs> so many books but i've just i have absorbed it in a different way but i, oh, I mean it's like i don't know like i <clears throat> i have this battle constantly with myself that it's like watching TV or playing a game hasn't got the same weight as like reading a book. I always, I'm always like, our oh, reading a book is like the purest form of like, and, and I'm like, why? Well, it has no difference in reality. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, but I there's think... no cultural weight that's heavier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like, I feel like people saying that ballet is like high art, you know, compared to like sort of. Metal. Yeah, I think for for the actual for the actual absorbing the story, or it's probably the case. But the thing about reading a book is you interpret is um, and you're exercising your part of your brain, which you're forced to create a lot of it. So when you yeah. read a book, I mean, you can get. I mean, going back to Lord of the Rings, the J.R. Tolkien, uh, he describes something in so much detail that. You're probably forced to actually think, <laughs> or you, yeah, you either true, fall yeah. asleep, or you're just like, okay, now I know exactly what you mean because you've explained from the tiny speck of sand on the shoe <laughs> of the. Um, <clears throat> but um, but a lot of things like you could read a book and and somebody else would read it, and your perception of the character, which is classically what happens to TV, you watch the TV adaptation, you're like, what, what have they yeah. done? But like I would, I would argue that like like so. What I was trying to say is I don't think there is you know there isn't more weight. It doesn't you know reading, reading doesn't have more value than you know watching something. You know you can still take different things away. But like, I think the thing is with audiobooks is that yeah people you know the only thing that may sway it is if you don't particularly like the person that's reading the book. I suppose. Yeah, and I found that a couple of times, especially when I'm listening to series, is so <clears throat> there's one there's a couple where we like if. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower. You know what? I've read fucking thirty-six Stephen King books, and I've never—I read the first two, and I couldn't get into the third. Oh really? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, is, it, is it is it is it a good payoff? Because everyone says it is. Pe- oh well, it's. Well, I mean, like you know, the journey. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the most fucked up but awesome thing that I've ever read. Read just like, and I read I read six. And then I listened to the. I read six, then over years, uh, didn't read it for a bit, and then listened to the audiobooks all the way through to the end. Um, <clears throat> so I never read the seventh, but I audiobooked the rest from the beginning. And ah, oh, man, like, yeah, it's like it's definitely like I think that's it. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to create his Lord of the Rings. 
Um, yeah, that's what he always says. But it's I just, actually, the third book. I have like, I there's a lyric. There's a some other jellyfish lyric that is like, um, I tried to read this book three times already, and it's about uh, the third. Uh, third in the Dark Tower, like oh, you know, right. when you're just like stuck on a book and you try to read it a bunch of times. And it's not necessarily about the book; it's more that your head's in a different spot. Yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's that book, and I'm like, I might just audiobook it just to try and get past this kind of like slump that I'm in on it. That's it. I thought that I think that's a really good way of uh, approaching it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, I just really, I just really got on with them, and I just loved the no rules apply so you never really knew what was going to happen because like literally anything because the first book is like a uh, spaghetti western yeah and then i didn't really enjoy the first book it was just like this guy's character but his character is just like so far removed from that by the i mean like what are they doing they're just on this like adventure to the dark tower and i just even like this like i was like there are seven books like in the second book or like it might even be the first book he's like he's got like two fingers left how is he gonna last seven books because <laughs> you have yeah his, you literally read his whole life story from beforehand and afterwards and then yeah. there's also more characters and then doors that go to anywhere so you're just like right well now i just i don't know what's gonna happen because there's literally parallel universes to whatever like there's and he's yeah. just like fuck you i write the rules <laughs> so <laughs> he doesn't even turn up in one of them as well uh yeah yeah he is the characters because uh, yeah well I think book six or um he was in a p- pretty brutal car accident I think yeah um, it was a car accident a motorbike accident or something. It, oh yeah motorbike yeah, accident, motorbike yeah. accident. Um, <clears throat> but yeah he was and it was nearly ne- nearly fatal and uh, people were writing to him saying could you if like could you please just tell me the end um, and then you'd have also people who were on their deathbeds like through age or illness or whatever saying could you tell me the end because i would never find out and he was just like i don't know the end it's heartbreaking uh, yeah it's brutal like and it, this yeah. is like this is in the this is for his words in 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 one of the books i was reading and he's like you have you've created something so powerful that people were just like i need to know the end of this and he's just like <laughs> so <clears throat> then then he finished it because he didn't really intend to and he was writing loads of other books in between um but is Salem's Lot? Have you read Salem's Lot? So- yeah, I that was alright. I I I I came at it later. You know what I mean? Then I I thought that was okay. Yeah, Pear Callahan from that. He's in it. Uh, there's loads of like nods to all his other novels in it because there's just like literally it's everywhere. Then yeah, it just weave interweaves the characters and uh, crazy. Anyway, yeah. So we'll move on to your um. Uh, your luxury item. Luxury item. <clears throat> now, I don't know, I'm just going to have to be boring with this and just be like, blue <laughs> telecaster. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's pretty, um, I, I like it when, uh, because obviously you've had a guitar a bunch of times, but it's more fun when people have like a specific guitar. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to be, I don't know, I couldn't be funny about it because it, it wasn't funny. And then that was just like, at the moment, that is my... Escape, but like I've got, I've got a couple of really lovely guitars and a and nice acoustic. Um, but that one, I don't know, just that I'm just really into the tone of it at the moment, which is funny because it's 
especially when we were referring to back like most of these albums, I was like never really into single coils or yeah. or like clean sounds. It just had to be like devastatingly brutal. I, I'm still like melting. I want to be into clean. I want to be into like um, single coils and like I, like I don't you know like one of my biggest. Like one of my idols is like Springsteen, obviously his was always a telly and all this sort of stuff. And then so I bought myself a telly and then like I have now, you know, two years down the line, I've essentially got this telly and I, I've i made it a humbucker. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, <coughs> it, it, up, you know, it? it's essentially a, it's like a, you know, it's a fits a single coil, but yeah. it's essentially a humbucker. Yeah. But because I, I remember I was playing around with it for ages and I was like, love it. They're so beautiful to play. Um, and I was realising that I was using all these pedals to make it sound like a humbucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, yeah, I can't remember who I was speaking to similar to that. Maybe it was Chick from PMX who was talking about um, using a Mesa Boogie rectifier, and he was just like, he had a Marshall, um, like, uh, you finally get a Marshall, and you're like, yeah, sick, and then and then there was that, so like, every, oh, like the, the dream amp in like a in a distorted band is like dual rectifier or tri- imagine a triple rectifier I was like yeah awesome and then he finally got one and then he said yep and then I realised all my pedals were making it sound like a Marshall again because after <laughs> years of tweaking this rectifier I get, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's just funny what you do just like you have that thing that you wanted and then you just make it sound like what you <laughs> like yeah exactly it's like uh, it, it kind of really it's kind of <clears throat> weird I mean I, I suppose I just like everyone want eventually to own like a Marshall stack, you know, like, um, but I don't know. I'm always like, I'm toying between by getting one, like eventually, you know, once I've had a weird sudden influx of money. What do you play? <laughs> what do you play through at the moment? Uh, I play through a Vox AC 15. So it's like, oh, uh, yeah, they're nice. It's a nice amp. Um, it's a little bright. That's the only thing. Um, uh, I think Vox is quite famously bright, and then so is the telly. So, yeah. So, um, I love that amp to bits, but so, I mean, uh, I'm, I occasionally think about getting like a head and a, com- a head and a cab, but then I'm like, the venues we play, I don't need them. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it depends on, I guess, uh, yeah, what works, <clears throat> what works for you as well. I think having it, I've got, I've had a. Uh, Marshall with a four by twelve, and then moved to Cornford, um, and the Cornford. But the Marshall was like a hundred watts, and then I sold it, and then got like the Cornford, which was forty or thirty. And I was like, okay, this is, and still with a four by twelve, and you're like, this is stupid. Like we played some gigs where you probably didn't need it, but those gigs, uh, they had the four by twelve on there, and you don't take your amp. You're like, you could yeah, take yeah. your head, but it's or it's like, mic'd up anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's like... yeah, it's already it's already there. Yeah. Um, so and now I use a two by twelve cabinet, and I think that's. Fine. Yeah, I'm tempted. I mean, like, I mean, I say I'm tempted. I've I've no money to invest in that, but like, <laughs> you know, like if it if it came about, maybe I would. Yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, if 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 a combo works and and the combos <clears throat> are great and they're easier to carry as well, you don't have to get yeah, especially when it's like valve as well, so it's loud as oh, fuck. Yeah, you know, you never turn turning it up loud enough anyway. So yeah, I, I can't turn that amp up loud enough. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, um, uh, but yeah, so, I, just uh, I don't know. Now I'm going into guitar talk now, but that telly has a strap pickup in the neck. Oh really? So and I usually play it the strap pickup, which is so it doesn't have the lipstick one. Uh, it's really right. dark. I I, yeah, because I don't ever really use neck pickups. Neck pickup, maple, fretboard. 
Love it. Anyway, that would be my luxury item. Without an amp, it doesn't matter because I'll just imagine what it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've always got perfect tone in your head, man. <laughs> it would probably um, just be like, I don't know, yeah. Get sound so, uh, in it. <clears throat> do you think you would be good on a desert island? Like, would you manage by yourself? Oh, I don't know. No? I, can, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I think I, I can sit getting on with stuff on my own but nowadays i'm con i i'm constantly talking to people yeah man so, no emails <laughs> yeah because yeah even now and it's like oh yeah like this uh lockdown thing's chilled but i mean i talk to my housemates a lot i talk to people constantly online i think if i was completely shut off talking for anybody else then i would have a massive issue because i do like interacting with people and chatting and stuff so yeah no nah, i'm That'd be terrible. No. Are you, are you, like, how adept are you at, like, DIY, would you, do you think you'd be? <laughs> I mean, it depends if I'm making something for myself or something that anybody else has to accept. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just going to be you, so yeah, I suppose yeah, that's yeah. fine. I'm sure, yeah, <clears throat> I'm sure I can make something. It's, like, one of those things, like, I... A lot of the time, uh, yeah, when if I'm cooking a meal or something, I'd be like, yeah, this is sick, I'll just try this, this, and this. But then if anybody else is eating, they're like, uh, uh... Why have you done that? It's like, oh, you, you know, just so I think my, I haven't done much DIY, so yeah, that'll probably be bad as well. But I, I, I reckon I could probably learn to um, create a few bits and bobs if needed. Yeah. <laughs> bits and bobs. Yeah, make I it. Did, in my head, it's gonna be like gadgets or like sort of <clears throat> yeah. ball and cup. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I would just like design the next OK Go video with all the trees and stuff, and then <laughs> not make a bed, um, <clears throat> or anything to collect water in, but. Um, and then last question. I've been meaning to phase this question out, but I'm lazy and I'm gonna uh, and I do it every time. Uh, if you find a book on this island and it has a has a uh, special spell in this book and it takes you back home, but when you get home, all music is Nickelback. Oh fucking! <laughs> uh, like even anything that resembles music. <clears throat> Do you know what? Perfectly honest with you, it's. it's I, I feel like I could adapt to it if yeah. I'm playing because you wouldn't. Would you know that you would know? You would know. It's yeah. like that film with the guy who comes back and he knows the Beatles and nobody knows the Beatles. That's such a shit film. Is it? I, I only saw the so trailer bad. for it and I was just like, oh. yeah. So it's like that. So nobody. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, Nobody really questions why there's only like a set amount of songs. But I mean, you could, I suppose, in theory, you could. Nah. All but um, so I get everything else, but all music is Nickelback. But then yeah. all those five. So you get everyone. You get all your people. You know, get like the books. But yeah, everything doesn't matter. But I mean, like, <laughs> you know, if the birds are the birds are singing in the morning, it's Nickelback. No fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have have you listened to the? Uh, the whole of Nickelback's discography. Because no. <laughs> neither have I. I mean, we could be <laughs> speaking too soon. There could be some serious underground first EP jobbies. That <laughs> some proper, like, deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, when they're in their hardcore phase, when they're in their, like, jazz, hip-hop phase. Yeah. They could be ticking I mean, all my boxes. <laughs> I, I feel like I can safely say that that's probably not the case. <laughs> um, I do remember, like, weirdly, I remember Devin Townsend... Um, of Strapping Young Lad yep. and whatever other million bands he was in. 
He once said that the drum sound off of one of their albums was like absolutely amazing. The Nickelback. That, yeah, but I mean that's. But yeah. That's that's a fact. That, well, that's uh, good. It is one. <clears throat> what? Okay, then. What about if you go back? Everything's Nickelback, but you know all the other music. So then you are the creator. Uh, and everything you play is also Nickelback. So you play. You you play, Pick up your guitar. <laughs> and you, just everything comes out as Nickelback. Yeah, okay, that sounds terrible. But... <laughs> <laughs> or would you be alone for the rest of your life? On a <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a toss up, man. Uh... I'm gonna, I might do a, uh, I might like figure out the yays and the nays and see, you know, like get a sort of pie chart, a nickelback pie chart. Yeah, cool. Oh no, no, I'll come back. I'll come back. See everybody. Yeah. So that's I mean, I suppose that's good. I mean, that is the real answer, isn't it? It's like your family <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> as much as I like to be on that Nickelback cage, I mean, yeah, I I don't have to listen to Nickelback, so I don't listen to Nickelback. But if it was for everything else in the world, then apart from music, no. Okay, mm. it's a good I'm, question. I'm, well I'm done. sorry, Lara, your uncle <laughs> chose. To be alone. <laughs> oh Jesus! And then all she like, she really likes uh, funk music. Um, That's pretty cool. So she would just like Nickelback. So yeah. make it easier. Um, uh, this is this is something I might take out. <laughs> it depends if you want me to take it out. If Nickelback came to Lockjaw and said, "Could you release our next album? Would you do it?" Uh, probably not. No, because it's not punk or hardcore umbrella. <laughs> but it would uh, it would probably make you a whole bunch of money. I don't know if it would because I, I mean, I well, no no offense to any of the team, <laughs> or myself. I don't know. No, I don't. If they did, then do you know what? No, def, you no, no way. Not even to like put back into the label. <clears throat> but I just it's it's one of those things. I don't think we would. It'd be like I would turn around to the band because I didn't wouldn't want to take the piss out of them either. Like, they're people. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen now. Yeah, You've really like, burned well, that what's, bridge. What, what's, yeah, what's the uh, yeah, what's the what's the point? I don't. I don't think it would. I mean, like, it would be a good. You know, it's a funny question, but I think you'd get the point. I'd be like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" You're like, "Dude, this Nickelback thing's really taking up all my time." Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, all the other bands have to step back because Nickelback are in. But do you know what? If they, I mean, like. I don't know what their deal's like now. Maybe the label, you know, like if we're doing Nickelback, maybe we're going to have some like, some kind of influence on their sound. So maybe. I could make Nickelback. So, yeah, because I mean, yeah, do you know, I'd be like, if you want to come to Lockjaw, then I want to give you at least two songs. Or I could get the bands of Lockjaw to write them songs each. <laughs> yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that rather than... Uh... The band's cover of Nickelback song oh, yeah, compilation. But the, yeah, that was, yeah, just to promote Nickelback in the scene again, like to bring it back. <laughs> I'll drip feed them into the scene. <laughs> uh, now imagine that though. You get Nickelback as the main outlet because loads of people, loads of people must listen to them. Yeah, I always, I always find this really funny because it must be true. Like, you yeah, know, they yeah. must be really popular. Absolutely shit, loads of people listen to them. But we get the bands to write them a song each. 
people listen to them anyway and go, yeah, cool, these songs aren't so bad. And we're like, actually listen to the ones who wrote them and then fuck Nickelback off. <laughs> and then we just go swimming in the Nickelback cash, you know? Yeah, in the Nickelback We had nickels Nickel, on our backs. ocean. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, no. Cool. Um, any, <laughs> any other Nickelback related questions? <laughs> no, that's it. Um, all right, man. Well, I uh, I think we'll call it a day then. Um, cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on it, man. I hope uh, you enjoyed it. Thanks very much for having me, man. That was really fun. And yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I mean, I'm already starting to write the uh, email to Nickelback. Yeah, I, I've got so many good ideas. <laughs> I just 